Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. Let's start off with uh, the very simple fight that's taking over uh, global headlines right now. That, of course, is the uh, fight between Canelo Alvarez and Jamel Charlo taking place this weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, undisputed super middleweight champion Canelo Alvarez and undisputed junior middleweight champion Jermel Charlo made their grand arrivals in Las Vegas on Tuesday night as they kicked off fight week uh, for their showdown. Headline an $85 U.S. pay-per-view event this Saturday night from the T-Mobile Arena. Uh, Canelo Promotions will present the Premier Boxing Champions pay-per-view show. Canelo Alvarez said, I feel the love and support from my people, and I'm proud to represent my country. I'm 100% right now and ready. I'm 100% right now and ready. Yeah, okay. I'm 100% right now and ready to show you a different Canelo on Saturday. Charlo is a great fighter who knows how to box. He is strong and has nothing to lose. He came to my division to win it all, but I've been in this position for a long time, and I'm ready. Fair enough. Jermel Charlo says, these fans think Canelo is the best in the world, but I'm going to come here and show that I'm the best. I do this for the dogs, the hungry ones. I do it for the animals. I'm made for this. After I beat Canelo, the world will be screaming, Charlo, Charlo, you dig? Now it's my turn, my time, my moment. I'm going to shine on Saturday night. We can't talk about it. We have to be about it. Come fight night. You'll all see what that means. Prior, prior to that action taking place, I just want to report a quick little uh, showdown on Friday night. Uh, unbeaten IBF number two super middleweight contender, Vladimir Shiskin, who's 14-0, eight knockouts, by the way, uh, will return to action against Ramon Ayala, 25-8-1, in an eight-round matchup at the Mikosuku Indian Gaming Reserve in Miami, Florida. So uh, now fighting out of the resurgent Detroit boxing scene under the guidance of the renowned Sugar Hill Stewart, Shiskin bested former world champion Jose Uscatugio via unanimous decision back in December in a bout that aired on Showtime. So I just wanted to make mention uh, of his fight on Friday night prior to Canelo and uh, Charlo going at it. Sean Jones over at BoxingNews24.com has this to say about uh, Canelo. And I'll quote him. Some fans believe Canelo Alvarez is an overrated guy and an example of a fighter who picked his opponent when they were out of their prime. It's easy to understand why people view Canelo 59-2-2, two two, 39 knockouts, are not being true, uh, great, and unworthy of all the praise given to him. He's a good fighter, but you can't help thinking he's a manufactured product. The way Canelo's management has matched him is allowed him has allowed him to avoid many losses in his career and turned him into a fabulously rich fighter. He's like the 108, 168 pound division version of Javante Davis, a fighter who's been matched weekly his entire career. They've been very careful avoiding the dangerous guys that would expose him, as Floyd Mayweather did, and instead they had him take the easy road. And the fans' criticism of Canelo includes fighting opposition out of their primes, swerving those figures that those fighters include David Benavidez, Artabita Biov, Jamal Charlo, Demetrius Andrade, 
uh, Arthur Berbiev, I've already mentioned him, Dave Morrell Jr., and uh, waiting until uh, Triple G got old before uh, facing him. Uh, Canelo's loss to Dimitri Bivol was a mistake on his part, as he likely thought he was past it after his last four consecutive lackluster performances. Older fighters uh, Canelo fought, Miguel Cotto, James Kirkland, Shane Mosley, Triple G, Sergei Kovalov, Ryan Rhodes, Carlos Baldemir, John Ryder, Daniel Jacobs, Erislandi Lara, Austin Trout, Lovemore Nadu. All right. So he, he continues, uh, Canelo, if you notice when he falls behind in a fight, he mails it in. Have you seen Canelo in a fight where he falls behind and he's like, let me go for it? You haven't seen that. You've seen him twice get dominated, and both of those times he mailed it in as the fight was still progressing. And that's courtesy of Pauli uh, Malignaghi uh, when he was speaking to the ProBox TV site about Canelo Alvarez being overrated. We're going to take the L tonight, and we're going to go the distance, and we're going to go figure it out next time. He's a great fighter. I'm not telling you he's not great, but you can be overrated when you're discussing the all-time great conversation, and you probably don't belong in the best Mexican fighter ever conversation. Yowza. Uh, you can belong among the great, great Mexican fighters, but not the best Mexican fighters. Uh, the fact that, that conversation is happening where the overrated part comes in. Certainly people can have that opinion about a lot of fighters. Some people don't think Mayweather belongs in the all-time great conversation, even though he's got a 50-0 record. Uh, the top fighters in the history of the sport have chased top fighters in their primes consistently. I feel like Canelo looks for top fighters, but he doesn't chase them in their primes. He actually looks to avoid them in their prime and then tries to get them at a different point. That doesn't mean that he ended up catching somebody in their prime when he didn't realize it, for sure, he was looking to catch Mayweather late in his career. He was figuring it was a win-win situation. If I win, I beat a top guy pound for pound. If I lose, I lost to a top guy pound for pound. And that was Canelo early on. As he moves along, the avoiding uh, Triple G after that second fight was almost unforgivable, considering that he probably didn't beat him uh, in either of the first two times. He got that decision and then ran away with it. If he lost the second fight... He would have been asking for a third fight, and uh, Golovkin probably would have given it to him because there was so much money on the table. They probably would have fought three times right away at that time. Because he got the win over Golovkin, he ended up making uh, the guy wait until he's 150 years old and then gave him the third fight and basically collected a check. You got to give that guy Canelo credit. He's among the greats as far as generational fighters that come along. But then you look at the list that Teddy uh, Atlas just gave, uh, Salvador Sanchez was like 21 years old, correction, 23, and he was chasing guys in their prime. He took uh, Azamun Nelson uh, on three weeks' notice. He knocked out Wilfredo Gomez, talking about fighting Alexis Arguello, talking about fighting guys in their prime. Salvador Sanchez was gunning for them. He had a, a scope on everybody in their prime. He wasn't just looking to collect a check. I want to see how great I am. You can talk about Chavez's first 40 fights and a lot of cab drivers there. But ultimately, he took on some tough fights, and he knew how to be uh, how to be behind, as the Meldrick T Taylor fight showed, and staying believing in the win and get a knockout late in the fight. Granted, it was a stoppage that I don't agree with, but he got a big win. Said Malignani. So there you go. Some words of wisdom from people who know more than I do. All right, Khalil Big Stepa Cole 
remained undefeated as he stopped Kevin Evans in round two of their eight-round light heavyweight bout. And this took place at the Creed Royal Resort in Orlando, Florida, and news passed on to me by split team management. Uh, at the beginning of round two, Coe dropped Evans with a right hook. Coe ended things when he landed a right to the side of the head, and the bout was stopped as the opponent fell to the ground at 1 minute 21 seconds. Uh, Coe fights out of Jersey City, New Jersey, and he's 7-0-1 with five knockouts. So... Uh, Evans, by the way, out of uh, New Smyrna Beach, Florida, is 10 2 and 1. He's managed, co is managed by Split T, uh, Keith Connolly, uh, and is promoted by Matchroom Boxing. We can't get away from Eddie Hearn, can we? And we certainly won't in the next story. In what should be an interesting contest, Devin Haney, 30 and 0, 15 knockouts, will take on the powerful WBC 140 pound champ, uh, Regis Progress, on December 9th in a pay-per-view event on the zone at the chase center in San Francisco, the pay-per-view price for Haney versus progress yet to be announced. Uh, having outgrown the 135 pound division, the 24 year old Haney is moving up to 140 in search of a second division world title. Devin currently holds the undisputed championship at light lightweight, but it's become too difficult for him to make the weight with the progress, uh, fight that progress, by the way, 29 and one 24 knockouts, uh, taking place at the 18,000-seat uh, Chase Center, the San Francisco-born Haney will be coming home in front of his uh, fans in that city for the first time in his eight-year professional career. Haney has been fighting in Las Vegas, Mexico, and Australia, and winning well. The stakes simply couldn't be higher, said Eddie Hearn, and what promises to be an electric night of action in San Francisco. Haney needs the WBC 140-pound title to set up bigger fights against WBO champion Tiafoma Lopez, WBO, DBO, WBA belt holder Roly uh, Romero and Ryan Garcia. If everything goes as planned, Haney will defeat Progress and then move forward to a unification fight with Teofimo. Uh, I'm super motivated for this fight, so I'm not looking at him as a one-trick pony. I'm looking at him as a really good opponent. I'm not taking it lightly and nothing like that, said Progress, uh, about his title defense against Haney. That's why I came out here early. I could have still been back home and stuff like with my kids. But right now, I just want to be super locked in. Obviously, I train at home in Texas. I'm serious about this, though. This is my moment, and I can't let this slip out of my hands. I'm way slicker than what people think. I have a chin, and I'm strong. Physically, if you put me and Devin next to each other, you wouldn't be able to mess with me. I, I hit too hard. I just look at what I do to people. I hit really hard, and he doesn't. Yeah, you can box and run around, throw your jab and all that stuff. That shit don't do nothing. What's going to happen? He's got a good team. He's smart, but I'm going to have a good team, and I'm going to have a smart game plan also. Let's move along to Carl Frampton. Y'all might remember Carl Frampton, the British fighter, two-division two world champ, uh, weighed in uh, on boxing's current top five pound-for-pound -pound fighters after a series of stellar performance in 2023, having caused many pundits and fans to reshuffle their decks. Uh the Jackal, as uh, Carl Frampton's known, won uh, the well-respected Ring Magazine Fight of the Year Award back in 2016 for his wins over British rival uh, Scott Quigg to unify the WB and IBF Super Bantamweight titles, as well as his victory against Leo Santa Cruz to win the WBA Featherweight World title just five months later. Uh, so Frampton has revealed his selections for the current top five uh, following some standout performances. He, got, he said, 
I'd say Devin Haney, number five, undisputed fighter, qualified lightweight. He looks to be maybe moving up now. Let's talk of it. Uh, it's hard not to have someone who's been undisputed at that weight in your top five. And as we all know, and as we just said, Devin Haney's moving up to weight to challenge 140-pound world champ, Regis Progress. So that's, uh, that's one out. Number four, Shakur Stevenson. I think Shakur is going to be number one. Uh, one day, but just not quite yet. I love watching him. He needs to be uh, going through the divisions as he's been. I just uh, seen him going to congratulate Terrence Crawford in changing rooms after the Spence fight. He's a big lump. Uh, there's not much between him and Crawford in terms of size. I think if he can clean up the lightweight division, that's uh, no mean feat, then he can go fight light welterweight and possibly welterweight at some point in his career too. So Stevenson, by the way, will compete for the WBC lightweight, weight, the lightweight title in November against Edwin uh, De Los Santos. Uh, <laughs> the one heavyweight, uh, formerly undisputed at 200 pounds on Frampton's list is Alexander Usyk. Um, number three, Usyk, undisputed cruiserweight champ, moved up and got some big wins at heavyweight. He has a majority of his belts at heavyweight, so two-weight champion, once undisputed, almost undisputed at heavyweight, just one title to go. I love everything about him, his character, how he fights, his persona. He is a quality fighter. Next up, Nayana Inoue, the Japanese monster. Number two, Inoue, only because of what Terrence Crawford has done to Errol Spence. Four-weight world champion inside 25 fights. I'm trying to describe how unbelievably hard that is to do in boxing. It's difficult. Uh, he is looking to become undisputed at this weight division and then move up to featherweight. And he's probably likely to do the same in that division. But the number one on Frampton's list, alongside most other observers, has undisputed welterweight champ Terrence Crawford. Uh, Bud became the four-belt champion at second weight class with a one-sided win over Earl Spence, a fight many felt, though, was a 50-50 uh, fight beforehand. However, uh, Crawford won, and he's now number one. I wonder in... in uh, in the mind of Frampton. Anyway, I imagine that the majority of people, boxing fans, sports fans worldwide, would agree with me. Three-weight world champion has been around since a long, long time. He is still competing at a really high level and seems to be improving, which is mad. His destruction of an elite fighter in Errol Spence was spectacular. That's why he's number one on my list. One notable absence uh, from the list is the man who was formerly regarded as the greatest fighter on the planet, Saul Canelo Alvarez. The Mexican superstar has uh, underwhelmed in his three consecutive performances, but plans to silence his doubters and prove that he is the king of boxing with his display against Jamel Charlo coming up on Saturday night, a fight we're all looking forward to seeing for sure. Now, speaking of uh, champions list, I'm going to put this link uh, to ESPN in, in the description down below. Uh, 17 uh, weight classes in boxing, as we all know, and ESPN has uh, ranked them accordingly. Um, let's have a quick look and just have a quick see if there's the women's division. Oh, they let me down. All right, so these are all uh, all, all the men's divisions. Uh, heavyweight, they've got uh, Alexander Yusik, uh, Cruiserweight, Chris Billum Smith, light heavyweight, Arthur B. Bev. Uh, super middleweight, Canelo Alvarez, middleweight, uh, Janabak, Elam Canuli, uh, junior middleweight, Jamal Charlo, welterweight, Terrence Crawford, junior welterweight, Tifo Lopez, 
uh, lightweight Devin Haney, junior lightweight Emmanuel Navrati. Um, featherweight, uh, Rubisi, I just mentioned him, Roy Ramirez, junior featherweight Nayani Inui, bantamweight Jason Maloney, junior bantamweight Junto Nakatani, uh, flyweight Jesse Rodriguez, junior flyweight Jonathan Gonzalez, strawweight Oscar Calazo. Anyway, check out the, the, the link down below if you want all the names. Um, finally, let's wrap up today's uh, story with a quick little report about money. This is courtesy of the Bleacher Report. You confused me with this article, but I'll just read the, the, the highlight, if you will. Um, several figures with ties to the sports world were included on Forbes' list of the 50 highest earning creators of 2023. So creators who are involved in sports. So just to get an idea of how much money these guys make. Uh, YouTuber Mr. Beast tops the list uh, um, with a significant margin, by the way. 82 million so far in 2023. Wow. In earnings. 20, 82 million. Wow. Next up, Jake Paul. 34 million. Next up, KSI. 24 million. Next up, Logan Paul, 21 million. Next up, some guy called Ninja, 10 million. And then Olivia Dunn, 2.3 million. And uh, some of those names you might recall from our Creative Clash uh, feature a long time ago. But uh, it's good to see uh, Jake Paul putting his money into MVP, signing some really good boxers, and making some moves in that area more so than others, quite frankly. Anyway, thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight. Appreciate it. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on 4 p.m. when I join Mike Orr on his show, Knuckle Up. That's 4 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you.